Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Grits and Grinds and Fast Break Breakfast are now video podcasts. You can watch each of these podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe to the Grits and Grinds YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Fast Break Breakfast YouTube channel for video versions of all of these audio podcasts. They come with extra highlights, graphics, and more. Check out the YouTube channels for Grits and Grinds and Fast Break Breakfast. Morant with a running start. Elevates, oh, it does! Oh, my goodness! Tell if there are any punches being thrown under there, but Griffin took except Adams going long. Morant! Oh! He hit it! He hit it! He hit it! John Morant, insanity! You gotta be kidding me. Welcome to Grits and Grinds, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Grizzlies win edition. My name is Keith Parrish. The Grizzlies won their second straight summer league game. They took care of the Oklahoma City Thunder 94-86. to They got a huge bounce back game from Jake LaRavia. Vince Williams Jr. once again had a very, very strong game. Kenneth Lofton Jr. did some things in the fourth quarter to help put the basketball game away, and they take down a Thunder team that had some legitimate NBA talent. They faced off against Chet Holmgren, against Trey Mann, against Jalen Williams, the big. Now, Jalen Williams, the wing, who's amazing, did not play after playing in the Thunder's first summer league game. So on this episode, we'll talk about that game. That won't take me very long. I can't really stretch out a single Summer League games analysis to about 20 minutes. But after we talk about that game, I'm going to do some way too early 
Western Conference power rankings. So hopefully I'll ruffle your feathers with where I think the Grizzlies currently stand in the Western Conference as of Thursday, July 6th, before most of these free agents have even been allowed to sign their new contracts. So going back to the Summer League game, I think the headline, of course, is Jake LaRavia. This is the biggest offensive game we've ever seen him have, um, at least if you don't watch the Memphis Hustle. Uh, he had 16 points in the first quarter and finished with 25. Very importantly, he made four three-pointers, was four out of nine from the three-point line. The Grizzlies as a team hit 17 three-pointers, which is a Utah Summer League record. Good job, Grizzlies. They made 16 in their first game against the Sixers. I said, be aware that it's not an aberration. Uh, they've had hot shooting games in Summer League before and then come out very, very cold the next game. Well, no letdowns so far. 17 made three-pointers. LaRavia had four. Vince Williams had three. If you're not ecstatic about the first two Vince Williams Jr. Summer League games, what is wrong with you? The man had 18 points, nine rebounds, two steals, a block, and an assist. Made three out of seven three-pointers. This is after hitting five three-pointers in their first Summer League game. Through two Summer League games, Vince Williams Jr. has been absolutely awesome. David Roddy in this one, after having a big first game, uh, struggled badly. He was trying to use his size and strength to create those shots and finish in the paint, but the Thunder were up to the task. They had actual NBA talent. That might have also affected Junior Lofton's lackluster offensive performance. Lofton only made five out of 16 field goal attempts. So combined, Roddy and Junior were seven for 28 from the field. Maybe just an off game. Maybe it's because they were playing Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren, guys who are actual NBA rotation players. Probably more, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of each. But I don't expect them to struggle that badly. The most exciting thing for me in a game where Lofton didn't have his best stuff was him hitting that that catch-and-shoot or the trailing three-pointer, part of a 9-0 fourth-quarter run where the Grizzlies put the game away. I was doing a playback for that game, and they were up four in the fourth quarter, and I was like, I'd really love them to create some separation right now. And then you had three straight three-pointers. Jacob Gilliard hit a three, Lofton hits that trailing three-pointer, and then LaRavia makes his final three-pointer. Quick 9-0 run, blows it out to a 13-point lead, and that puts the game away. Um, some notable other things about the game, the Grizzlies started off very, very hot. They made seven of their first 11 three-pointers on their way to those 17 made threes. They scored 39 points in the first quarter. They only had 17 in the second quarter. It was good to see, you know, after... After having that hot first quarter, getting up to a 16-point lead, then struggling in the second, and then the game became basically a slog, it was good to see once again for the second straight game then put it away when it mattered in the fourth quarter. Hopefully that's a sign of some guys being able to assert their ability. And they did it in the fourth quarter of this game despite the offense being a struggle. Despite that 9-0 burst where they made three straight threes. They were not good offensively in the fourth quarter, but defensively 
They held the Thunder to only 16 points in the final frame. The Thunder made 36% of their field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. So the Grizzlies take care of business again. They play back-to-back on Thursday night against the Jazz. I would expect the main guys to rest. I don't think they're going to play Roddy and Lofton and Vince Williams Jr. Three games in four nights. Uh, I do think it might be a chance for Gigi Jackson to get some more run. Gigi Jackson was part of that three-point barrage, made two out of three three-pointers, so he's made a three in each of his first two Summer League games. thought the handle looked a little loose in this one. Uh, it seemed like a raw project, but of course he barely played. He played like 10 minutes, so not a lot of sample size for us to assess how he was playing. Um, Jacob Gilliard, I should have mentioned Jacob Gilliard maybe a little bit earlier. Jacob Gilliard had a big game. He recorded what I think is a Utah Summer League record, seven steals in this game. He got three steals in the first game against the Sixers, now picks up seven more. I know it's not an overall Summer League record. It's hard to find Summer League stats, um, but I do know Donovan Mitchell got eight steals in a game once at the Las Vegas Summer League. I know it because I was there and remember it well. It was against the Grizzlies and Wade Baldwin, but still, Seven steals for Jacob Gilliard is incredible. Also, three made threes. I keep emphasizing if Gilliard is going to hang on to that two-way spot, I would think one skill he needs to show is the ability to make those three-pointers. Now, Gilliard got torched a lot by Trey Mann in this game. Trey Mann was awesome for the Thunder He scored 28 points. No one on the Grizzlies could stop him. But Gilliard, at the very least, making threes, picking up those steals, uh, also racked up seven assists. I mean, that's a, excuse me, six assists. His entire stat line is wild. Ten points, seven steals, six assists, six fouls, four rebounds, three turnovers. Uh, A nice performance from Gilliard. And then, of course, E.G. Jackson, you know, as I said, made two out of three three-pointers. Matthew Hurt, I mean, we can acknowledge that he put in a nice little game, made a couple of three-pointers off the bench. But that, I think, is as far as I can go on a Summer League game analysis. Uh, if you want to dig beyond the game, the Grizzlies coaching staff was wearing, like, turquoise polos. This is a game after they wore kind of odd yellow Polos, I think maybe many of us are thinking, what's up with the colors? Does this mean a new jersey redesign? Is this tipping the hand of maybe what the City Edition jersey is going to be? I have no idea. I'll try to check in to that to find out if we have any Grizzlies jerseys news, jersey news on the way. I mean, the teal shirts, it wasn't the like turquoise of the Vancouver throwbacks. It was more of the teal that we saw in the trim, the tribal trim of the stacks jerseys that were black but had like teal, I guess is the color, light blue teal uh, on, on the sides and on the neckline. It also looked like the teal that was used in the giant bear logo for the 2021 or 2021-2022 City Edition shorts. If you're not watching on YouTube right now where I'm showing those shorts, uh, these are the navy blue city edition jerseys that had yellow writing on them. They had sort of like 
tribal adjacent, tribal reminiscent trim. Uh, but then, of course, the giant bear logo clutching the basketball. It was a teal color. So what color will the coaching staff wear on Thursday night? If that's not enough reason to tune in, I don't know what is. Um, by the way, speaking of Grizzlies news, if you aren't aware, uh, we do actually know some of the jerseys they're going to use in future seasons. It's already been said that in the 2024-2025 season that the Vancouver throwbacks are coming back. So that will be the 30th season of the Grizzlies franchise, and they've already said that the Vancouver throwbacks are coming back in 2024-2025. So save up your money already um, for the return of the Vancouver throwbacks. Are they going to be the same awesome turquoise ones? I wouldn't hate it if they went white. We need some good white jerseys. So uh, that's something to look forward to in uh, a couple of years. And then, of course, the season after that in 2025-2026, they're going to do another throwback to the early Grizzlies jerseys in Memphis because that will be the 25th anniversary of the team moving to Memphis. So those are some things to look forward to. Uh, now, let's do a very quick rundown, a way-too-early rundown, of where I think the Grizzlies stack up uh, early in the summer, looking at their roster and some of the moves that have happened across the NBA. I say this is way too early because, obviously, so much is still yet to be settled. Damian Lillard has not been traded yet as of this recording. James Harden is still on the Sixers. He's going to move? I don't know. But looking at early free agency and some trades, I thought it would be useful for us to kind of assess where the Grizzlies stack up right now. And now I'm not going to get too like nitpicky over this. I'm going to do it sort of in tiers. I am going to number them, but I won't be dogmatic about it. If you think so-and-so team shouldn't be fourth, they should be third. Sure. Works out just great. But I think it's useful to try to try to assess where the Grizzlies stack up right now. For all these teams, I'm kind of judging them, assuming they are healthy. I think right now, when you look at the West, you you can rightfully say it could be intense next season. I think the Grizzlies are going to have a hard time finishing second for the third straight year. They could. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But I think right now, there are several teams that look on paper to be better than the Grizzlies. This is not to say the Grizzlies couldn't finish with a better record than them in the regular season. This is not to say the Grizzlies couldn't advance further than them in the postseason. But right now, I think everyone agrees that the Nuggets are better than the Grizzlies. The Nuggets did lose Bruce Brown, also lost to Jeff Green, but I think they're going to figure it out. As long as they have Jokic and Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon, they're going to be great. So I think the Nuggets are better. I also think uh, the Warriors, Lakers, and Suns, I feel better about those rosters than I do the Grizzlies roster. Now, the Warriors added Chris Paul. They did lose Jordan Poole and Dante DiVincenzo. I think the Warriors look better than the Grizzlies right now. I think the Lakers look tough. The Lakers lost Dennis Schroeder but replaced him with Gabe Vincent. They also picked up Torian Prince. I don't think Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish are likely to help the Lakers, but they could be more impactful than Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba were in the playoffs. So I think the Lakers right now look to be if healthy, a stronger team than the Grizzlies. And then the Suns, of course, they have Bradley Beal. They did a great job fleshing out their bench. I am low-key furious 
They got to keep Josh Okogie, a guy I wanted on the Grizzlies. They kept Josh Okogie on the minimum. They got Eric Gordon, a guy I would have been fine with the Grizzlies getting. They got Eric Gordon on the minimum. They did a good job, I think, fleshing out their bench with the constraints they had. So right now, I do think consensus is going to be, of course, Memphis fans are going to differ, but national NBA writers and analysts and podcasters, I think most everybody's going to say right now, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Suns look to be stronger teams than the Grizzlies are. I would put the Grizzlies probably fifth right now. I think the Grizzlies are next. The Grizzlies, the question marks we're going to have, and I again, I'm warning you, don't be too upset when you see national analysts picking the Grizzlies to finish seventh in the West. You can say they always underrate us. That's true. They do. But with a combination of a bunch of other Western Conference teams getting better and with the Grizzlies you know, having to endure 25 games of no John Morant and also Tyus Jones, I don't think it's unfair for people to doubt the Grizzlies. Right now, I feel pretty good about the Grizzlies when fully healthy. Like if Steven Adams is healthy, that's another question mark. We're, we're going to get docked when other people are ranking Western Conference teams. But when fully healthy, I think the Grizzlies are, you know, basically a top four team in the West. The If healthy, though, is a big question mark. And what's happening with John Morant, a big question mark. So because of that, I think other people are going to rank the Grizzlies lower. I have them right about fifth. And I have them in a group of teams where I'm not going to be surprised if any of these teams finish with like anywhere from 40 to 55 wins. They all have some strong points in their favor to be optimistic. They all have some question marks, but like I would include along with the Grizzlies, I'd include the Kings in this list of teams. The Kings were third last year and brought back everyone. And, you know, they had some unbelievable injury luck last year. And so I would expect them to take a tiny step back because it won't be that good. But what if they have even better chemistry with another year of Sabonis there with another year of Mike Brown teaching them defense like the Kings could be really, really good. So I have the like the Grizzlies and the Kings right there together. I think the Mavericks are a big question mark. Of course, the Mavericks uh, missed the playoffs last year, but I think the Mavericks are having a good free agent session. I think getting Seth Curry was good. They traded for Grant Williams. That seems good. They drafted and acquired Rashawn Holmes to try to shore up their center rotation. They're making a run at Matisse Tybel. Maybe the Trailblazers will keep him. But... The Mavericks, with Luka Doncic, with Kyrie Irving, and then adding some role-player pieces around them, they have the chance to be good once again. I think the Grizzlies are probably going to be better than the Mavericks still, but I think the Mavericks have a chance to be really, really good. I also think the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Thunder, and the Clippers could finish anywhere. I think the Pelicans, if Zion's healthy, again, giant if, like the Pelicans have so much talent. The Pelicans were in first place in the West midway through December last year before you know losing Zion, and they struggled with Brandon Ingram having injury problems all season. The Pelicans could be really, really good. The Timberwolves, they won 42 games last year. They missed Cat for most of the season. Anthony Edwards could get awesome. He could take a leap. Jaden McDaniels could take a leap. Like Edwards and McDaniels are probably going to be much better this season, and they have another year of getting used to the Twin Towers thing. I think it's possible the Timberwolves are, are really, really good. Now, I'd be a little bit surprised if Timberwolves finished top four. I think the Grizzlies' ceiling is much higher than the Timberwolves' ceiling, but the Timberwolves, they're no joke. I think they, they, they could have a good season. The Clippers, all right, maybe they're past their prime, but they still have a lot of good players, and they still have the ability to make a big swing. They could bring in James Harden. Might not cost them that much. So, like, I still kind of fear the Clippers. So I have the Grizzlies' fifth 
And then the next group of teams all together, it's basically the Kings, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, and the Thunder. Those teams can finish anywhere. Then you have the Jazz. I think the Jazz are a tier beneath everybody else, but the Jazz were very competitive last year before they chose to shut it down and not chase the play-in. They picked up John Collins. They added a top 10 pick and Taylor Hendricks. Maybe the Jazz will be pretty solid. I don't expect them to compete with the other teams I've mentioned. Um, also the Thunder. I didn't really give the Thunder any recognition. The Thunder, big question mark. They don't seem to be going for it quite yet. But again, they won 42 games, or they won 40 games last year. They made the play-in. They have Shea, who's incredible. Josh Giddy should get better. Jalen Williams, the wing, was amazing last year. What if he gets much better? They're adding Chet Holmgren into the mix. Like, they could be quite good. I don't expect them to be home court advantage good, but I assume they will be in a mix for a playoff spot all year. And with the Grizzlies, if they deal with any amount of injury, if they don't get the second consecutive fully healthy season from Jaron Jackson Jr., they're going to be a tough team to deal with. Now, the final teams I haven't mentioned, I think maybe they're going to be bad, but honestly, I don't know. Like, the Grizzlies right now on paper, they're definitely expected to be better than the Jazz, like I said, and then the Rockets, the Blazers, and the Spurs. Rockets, Blazers, and Spurs, probably going to be picked by most people to be 13th through 15th in the conference. But frankly, I think we have to admit that we don't know that much about what these teams are going to look like. The Rockets adding Fred Van Vliet, a new coach in Ime Udoka. Our friend Dylan Brooks going there. They got Amin Thompson. Maybe those guys are the perfect fit to transform all the young talent into a competitive team. The Spurs tanked out, got Wimbenyama. What if Wimbenyama transforms San Antonio overnight just by showing up? What if he adds 10 or 15 wins just by being there like some other number one overall picks have done before, like Dwight Howard or Yao Ming or LeBron or Alonzo Mourning. Like what if all of a sudden the Spurs are like a high 30s win level team? What if they're even better than that? The Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are probably going to tank it out super hard once they trade Damian Lillard. But what if Scoot Henderson is just transformational? I mean, Think back to John Morant's rookie year. The Grizzlies were picked by everybody to be last in the Western Conference, yet Ja made them immediately competitive. When the COVID shutdown happened, the Grizzlies were an eighth in the West. What if Scoot, along with Shaden Sharp, along with Anthony Simons, along with whatever they get back in a Dame Lillard trade, along with Jeremy Grant, what if they're reasonably competitive? I'm not betting on it. I mean, frankly, I think I'm, I'm going to pick the Trailblazers to finish 15th. But I am going to acknowledge, I don't know what's going to happen. And I think without a clear cut, like, this team is going to be horrible. It's hard to say, like, all right, they're definitely finishing last. Like, even the Rockets, I think, on paper, with all their young guys and just unproven players, you're like, all right, they could stink. But also, their first-round pick is only top four protected. So, even if they stink... Uh, then I don't think they're going to stink on purpose because they don't want to go into the, the lottery night with like a 55% chance of losing their pick or a 50% chance of losing their pick, which is what would happen. If they had the worst record, they'd only have a 50% chance of keeping a top four protected pick. So the Rockets aren't going to lose on purpose. And so because of that, I think it's going to be an incredibly intense Western Conference. So 
to run down the whole West. And of course, this is just my opinion and lots is going to change before opening night, maybe in the next week, maybe in Las Vegas Summer League, all the GMs and front office people are going to get together and make some big trades. But right now, here's where I think the Grizzlies stack up. or This is how I think the Western Conference stacks up right now. Um, I think top four teams are the Nuggets, Lakers, Suns, and Warriors. I'd put the Grizzlies, Kings, and Mavericks next. And then probably the Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans, and Thunder. Maybe that's my 8 through 11. Again, 5 through 11, I'm saying Grizzlies, Kings, Mavericks, Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Thunder. I could see finishing in any order whatsoever. I think the Grizzlies are more than likely to finish near the top of that group. But I have to admit, there are some worries and concerns, and there are some other teams that could be really, really good this coming season that we don't totally see coming. And then for the bottom four teams in the West, right now I'm going to say I'm going to go 12th Jazz, 13th Spurs, 14th Rockets, 15th Trailblazers, but that's assuming the Trailblazers blow everything up and uh, try to lose. So there you have it. Go ahead and get angry about it um, as we try to figure out Again, in my way too early Western Conference power rankings where I think the Grizzlies and everybody else in the West stack up. I mean, maybe uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. and Vince Williams will be amazing this season. They'll continue their summer league breakouts and the conference will be ours. I know that's what uh, many of you are thinking right now. So that's the show for today. Tomorrow, I am headed to Las Vegas. I will be bringing you content from there. I think I will be podcasting with the same regularity, but while traveling, it's always a little bit harder to know if, in fact, the shows are going to come out as frequently. Uh, if you want to follow along with everything I'm doing, follow me on Twitter at Fast Break Break. While Twitter is still uh, useful, you can follow me there. That's where you where you will get the most uh, up-to-date analysis and reactions and uh, commentary on everything I'm seeing. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Please share these episodes with your friends. If you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do it. We're almost to 1,000 subscribers. That was the goal for year one of these video podcasts, so we're almost there. Anyways, hope you have a great weekend. I will talk to you soon. Go Grizz. winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.